0: Least, I know verse one is, and verse three probably is to most of us as well. But Psalm 34 and verse one says, "I will bless the Lord at all times; His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul." shall make her boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. If I'm going to brag about anything, I'm going to brag about God. If I'm going to sing the praises of anyone, it's going to be God. Well, you're not going to catch me talking about what a great athlete someone is. I'm just not going to sing their praises. I'm I'm just not going to sing the praises of some human. I want to praise God continually. I want to brag about him. I can promise you you're never going to catch me bragging about myself. I don't feel like I've got anything to brag about. But if I'm going to brag, I'm going to brag on God. Well, if some of you parents would brag on God as much as you brag on your kids, or some of you grandparents as much as you brag on your grandkids, uh uh-oh, I really got in deep trouble then, didn't I? But if we'd spend more time bragging on God, we might be amazed at how much God does for us. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's not my sermon. That's just my pre-sermon remarks. Amen. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. The proud are not going to be too glad about it because they'd rather you be bragging about them. Hallelujah. But the humble will be glad when they hear you bragging about God. Because they realize he's the only one that's really worth bragging on. And then verse 3 is where I really want to focus tonight. Again, it's a familiar verse. But something something dawned on me a couple of weeks ago that I guess I should have caught a long time ago and didn't. I, I Now, I say that. I caught part of it. In fact, I went back and... Got to look in and actually preached a message from this passage a number of years ago. And and I got close to it. I got close to it, but never really caught the full depth of what's being said here until just a couple of weeks ago. But here is what the psalmist said. He said, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. Magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. And then if you read on down through these verses, you see why the psalmist is bragging on God and why he is, is in, instructing us to say all these great things. He said, I sought the Lord. He heard me. He delivered me from all my fears he talks about all the things that happened. This poor man cried and, and, and the Lord heard and saved him out of all his troubles. He said, I found out that the angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him. He, he, just, he just gets to talking about how God has, has delivered him and heard him and answered him. And he even makes the statement in verse 19, that many are the afflictions of the righteous. He admits, i still got problems. My life is not trouble-free. I've still got issues. I still have a lot of things that I have to deal with, but here's what he said, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. (laughs) Whatever trouble I find myself in, all i got to do is wait around a little while. God's going to take care of it for me. God's going to fix it for me. God's going to solve it for me. Well, hallelujah. Amen. Amen. And so, and so he instructs us in verse 3, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me. And that's what I want to preach to you about for a little while here tonight. And I promise you, the way my throat is feeling, it's going to be just a little while. But I want to preach to you tonight, magnify the Lord with me. Hallelujah. That's what I want to take a little bit of time tonight and do. I want to magnify the Lord. I want to magnify the Lord. And I'm inviting you to magnify him with me. Well, hallelujah. Let's talk to the Lord together right now, everybody. Come on, let's lift our voices, everybody. Let's lift our voices to the Lord. Let's let God talk to us tonight. Let's prepare our hearts to receive the word of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I worship you, Jesus. I praise you, Jesus. Come on, everybody. Let's praise the Lord. Let's praise the Lord. Let's let's do more than just talk about it or think about it. Let's do it tonight. Let's do it tonight. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord with me tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God, praise God, hallelujah, hallelujah, amen, amen. God bless you, you may be seated tonight. I want you to think about the command that the psalmist made here when he tells us to magnify the Lord. What what does it mean to magnify something? What, What does it mean to magnify it? See, that's the answer I thought you would give me, to make it bigger. But when you magnify something, you don't really make it bigger. Hallelujah. Now, let's let's think about it for just a moment. I, I don't want to get ahead of myself. Let's read a few scriptures here. How are we going to make God bigger? when this is how big he is Isaiah chapter 40 and verses 12 to
1: 17 listen to this who hath measured the waters in the God hollow of his hand measured
0: the waters
1: the oceans as vast as they are
0: can fit in the hollow of his hand
1: read and meted out heaven with the span he meted out heaven
0: with the span
1: And comprehended the dust of the earth in a measure.
0: He comprehended all the dust. God knows how much dust there is. He understands every grain of dirt that exists. And weighed the mountains in He weighed the mountains in his scales. And
1: the hills in a balance. And the
0: hills in a balance. Read.
1: Who hath directed the spirit of the Lord or being his counselor hath taught him. With whom took he counsel and who instructed him and taught him in the path of judgment and taught him knowledge and showed to him the way of understanding? All right, listen to this. Behold, the nations, the nations, or as a drop are just a bucket, as a drop of a bucket and are counted as this the counted as the, the small dust of the balance. Behold, he taketh up he the he I- takes the up is the isles, isles as a very little as thing. a very little thing. And Lebanon is not sufficient to burn, nor the beasts thereof sufficient for a burnt offering. All nations All before nations him, are, before as him are as nothing. And they are counted They're to him, counted less, to him than less
0: than nothing and vanity. And vanity. Listen to First Kings chapter 8 and verse 27
1: but will God indeed dwell on the earth? Will
0: God dwell on the earth? Behold the heaven, Behold the heaven, heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot, contain, cannot contain him.
1: How much less this house that I've built. Psalm 139 verses 7 to 10. Whither shall I go where from can I go from your spirit and where can presence? I flee from your presence? If I, up into
0: if I go up into heaven, Heaven, thou art there. you're there. If I make my bed, in hell, make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. you're there. If
2: I take the, wings, I of the, take morning,
0: the wings of the morning and I dwell in the uttermost parts of the, the sea, of the even sea, there, even there, hand there your hand's gonna lead me. Right hand and, me. I'm telling you, God's big. I'm telling you, God is big. Jeremiah 23 and 24. Can
1: any hide himself in secret places that I shall not see him.
0: I'm telling you there's no place you can hide that God can't find you.
1: saith the Lord, Read, Do not
0: I fill heaven and earth. Come on, we know how vast this universe is. We know how many millions of light years men have calculated that you can go the expanse beyond this universe. And yet God said, I fill it all. He's that big. He's that big. I'm preaching to you about a big God tonight. He's bigger than your problems. He's bigger than your worries. He's bigger than your fears. He's bigger than your enemies. He's bigger than your sickness. I'm trying tonight. I'm trying tonight. You got to help me. Hallelujah. I'm preaching to you that God we serve is a big God. It's why I get so frustrated. Trinitarians calling him a person The first person in the Godhead He's not a person at all He's a spirit A spirit that is omnipresent He's not a person He's a big God Turn to somebody and tell him he's a big God Come on, turn to somebody else and tell him he's a big God I'm telling you, he's bigger than you understand You hear me? He's bigger than you understand. He's bigger than you have the ability to comprehend. He's a big God. And yet, what did David tell us to do in Psalm 34 and 3?
1: Oh, magnify the Lord magnify, with me. Magnify.
0: Magnify. Now, I ask you, what does it mean to magnify? And you said it means to make it bigger. But let me ask you something. If I had a magnifying glass in my hand and I put a penny up here on the pulpit and I held that magnifying glass over that penny, would it make the penny any bigger? It wouldn't make it bigger, but it would make it appear bigger. To magnify something is not to enlarge it, but it's to enlarge our view of it. Oh, hallelujah. We can't make God any bigger than what he is. We can't enlarge this God that we serve. But I'll tell you what we can do. We can sure change our perspective and make him look bigger.
2: Now, how do we do
0: that? How, Brother Jared, if I really understand those scriptures we read, if I really understand everything that was said, the heaven and the heaven of heavens can't contain him. If I really understand just how big this God is, how can I make him look any bigger than that? Well, let me relay a story to you that this is what helped me to understand what this verse is really talking about. We, we grew up in a house um, when, when I was a little boy. I don't know how old I was, probably maybe two or three when we moved there. And, and I lived there till I think I was about eight years old. I still remember the address, 1200 South 5th Street, Lafayette, Indiana. And uh, I, m- most of my earliest memories are in that house. And uh, I, I remember some things that took place in that house Uh, there on 5th Street in Lafayette. But about the age of 8, my family moved away from Lafayette. We moved to a little small town, and uh, we were there until I was 10, and at the age of 10, moved off to Texas. But, But I remember, I remember that house. And one of the things that I remember about that house is I remember as a boy, as most boys my age did, in that time period, we didn't have video games to just sit around and do nothing but punch a few buttons. We, we didn't have all of that. We didn't have cell phones. and we, we didn't have computers. I mean, I'm talking the stone ages here, all right? And uh, I, I, can, I can tell you that I remember as a boy, I remember going and getting a towel and putting it around my neck and walking out to the front porch and looking at how high that porch was. And I'm telling you, to me, it seemed like that porch must have been 10 feet tall. And I thought, you know, if Superman can do this, so can I. Tying that towel around my neck and jumping off, expecting to fly. Of course, I didn't, but to me, I had just taken a big risk because that porch was awful high. And as I said, we moved away from there when I was about 8 years old and then left the state of Indiana when I was 10. I didn't go back until I think it was probably the late 80s, maybe the early 90s. I was, I was close to, if not 30 years old before I went back to the city of Lafayette. And I was actually preaching in Dayton, Ohio, and we had a few days off. And I told my wife, I said, we're close enough. That I, I, I want to just drive to Lafayette. I want to go back, and I, I want to see that town where I grew up. And uh, I didn't know anything about it. Remember, I hadn't been there now for 20 years. Are you with me? This is before the days of GPS. This was in the days when you had to have a map. Some of you don't even know what those are. Go to the museum. I think they still have some there, and uh, you'd have to have a map. And so I looked at the map, and according to the map, you know, it was just a few hours drive from Dayton over to Lafayette. And I said, I want to go back. I want to just, I want to just drive around the town. I, you know, I hadn't been there since I was eight years old. I wasn't driving when I was eight. All right, and so I, I never drove around that town. I. I didn't know my way around Lafayette. I didn't have a map of Lafayette, but I said I just want to go. I don't know that I'll see anything I remember, but I just want to go. And so we we loaded up and drove to Lafayette, Indiana. Driving down the highway, I'm thinking I don't even know what exit to get off of. I don't know. I don't know anything about it. It's been too long since I've been there. So I just decided we'll just take this exit and and we did and, and and my wife can verify this we just we just took an exit and started down the road i said i don't even know where this is going to take us but somehow we'll get back when we need to but as i began to drive down that road i started seeing sights that were bringing back memories i, I remember driving by columbian park columbian park was 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 the place where uh, mom and dad would take us boys and and, and, you know, it, it was a park, with the swing sets, but also had a little uh, pond or lake out there, and we'd, we'd do some fishing out there, and, and I, I had all these memories that began to flood back as I drove by Columbian Park, and, and I just kept driving. I didn't even know where I was going, but I kept driving. And a little while, I looked up, and I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. That, that little store right there was a drugstore when I was a boy, now we don't have drugstores anymore. We have pharmacies, and and but but you know this was a corner drugstore. That's what they used to call them. And and I said I remember that drugstore when I was a boy, and and that drugstore is only about a block from the house where I grew up. And so I said I know I can remember from this. Dr- we used to walk down to this drugstore. Uh, things have changed, you know, but but we just walked down there. We. You know, it was pretty safe back in those days. And so I remembered walking from the drugstore to my house, and I knew it was only about a block away. And so I said, I know if I'll turn right here, I'm gonna end up at that house at twelve hundred South Fifth Street. And so I made that left-hand turn and we drove about a block, and sure enough, there was that house. And oh the memories. And and I drove by looking at it and just thinking, and and so I made the block and, uh, and I, I, as I'm driving down the block and, and my mom will know what I'm talking about but you know there was the neighbors that lived next to us and right next to that house is where my aunt and uncle and cousins lived um, for, for many years and, and of course we'd go down there and spend the night and have our campouts and whatever and, and right next to them I told my wife I said now in this house on the opposite corner from the house where I grew up this house is where the meanest kids on the block lived And she said, no, that was the first house you showed me. And so we just drove around the block. Now stay with me tonight. We drove around the block, and when I came back to that house at 1200 South 5th Street, I pulled up, and I said, I know this is crazy, but I'm going to go to the door and see if anybody's there. And I'm going to see if they'll let me come in and tour that house. Well, I want to tell you, I told you that whole story to tell you, that when I got out of the car and I walked up to the house, I looked at that porch. And I said, man, this porch is small. I remember those flying leaps I used to take thinking I was going to hit the bottom, you know, and break my neck. And, I mean, look at it, maybe two steps up and that's it. Now, I want to tell you something. They did not remodel that house. It was exactly the way it had been when I had been there 20 years before. But now, all of a sudden, what had once looked like a huge porch... Now looked like a small stoop. The porch had not changed size, but I had. When I was small, the porch seemed big, but when I got big, the porch seemed small. I'm preaching tonight. Magnify the Lord with me how do we make God look any bigger than he is I'm gonna tell you how by making ourselves smaller and the smaller we become the bigger God gets I'm telling you, that was what John the Baptist was talking about when he said in John chapter three and verse 30, he must increase, increase, but but I must decrease. I want to magnify him. I want to quit trying to lift myself up. I want to quit trying to seek for a position and a title and glory and honor and fame. I just want to get myself down to a place where God looks bigger. Because the bigger I am, the smaller God is. But the smaller I am, the more I magnify him. Oh, hallelujah. That's why Paul said no flesh ought to glory in his presence. I'm telling you, church, I'm troubled because I see so much entertainment going on in the church world, even in apostolic churches. We've gotten away from people just closing their eyes and singing unto God with everything they've got. And now it's got to be a production. It's got to be something where they look good and they sound good. Oh, God help us. We've got to get back to that place where we decrease so that our God can increase.
2: Hallelujah.
0: Israel. Israel got to looking around at the other nations. And they said, you know, they've all got a king. And we want to be like the other nations. Uh, We've had prophets up until now. And those prophets have always helped us. We want to be like the other nations. and We want a king. Samuel was very upset at this. and Samuel went to God and said, God, you hear what the people are saying. They don't want a prophet anymore. They want a king. And God said, Samuel, I want to tell you something. They haven't rejected you. They've rejected me because I've been their king. I've been the one that's ruled and reigned over them. And they don't want that anymore. They want a man to be their king. And God said, I'm going to give them a man. I'm going to give them one. And so God looked throughout Israel, and he picked a man. A man that stood head and shoulders above the rest of the crowd. A man by the name of Saul. But I want to tell you what it was That got God's attention. And I'm going to show you this from the scripture. The reason why God made this man king. Is because he had the right perspective. Let me show you what what Samuel said. To to Saul. About God choosing him. In 1 Samuel 15. And verse number 17.
1: And Samuel said. Samuel said. When thou wast. wast, Wait a minute.
0: When thou wast little in thine own sight. Read.
1: Was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed and thee the king Lord over Israel. Anointed thee king. When did God choose Saul.
0: And why did God choose Saul? I'll tell you why. Because he was little in his own sight. In fact, on that coronation day, when that should have been the day he was walking the tallest and feeling the proudest. They couldn't even find him. He was hid among the stuff. I'm talking about a man who had the right perspective. And God said, as long as this man stays little in his eyes, then I'm going to be big. As long as this man knows that he can't do, this by himself then he's gonna trust me and I'm still gonna be the king. I'm preaching to somebody here today. I'm going to tell you what the answer to your problem is. There's too much pride. There's too much self-sufficiency. We've reached a place we feel like we can do it on our own. But I'm preaching to you. we got to become small again. we got to get down. We've got to lower ourselves. We've got to humble ourselves so that we can magnify the Lord. You to notice, this is First Samuel fifteen. This is after Samuel told Saul to go kill all the Amalekites, and Saul kind of picked and chose just how much he wanted to obey and how much he didn't want to obey. And I want to tell you, you can't do that. You hear me? God's laws are not a buffet. You don't go through and pick and choose what you like and reject what you don't like. A lot of folks try to live for God that way, but you'll never be successful. Saul decided he'd spare some of the best animals and he'd spare the life of King Agag. Put put the scripture back up there, I'm not quite finished with it yet. I, I, I want I want them to notice something. When Samuel now is talking to Saul, when Samuel is talking to Saul, this is First Samuel fifteen and seventeen. When he's talking to Saul, I want you to notice.
1: Read it again. And Samuel
2: said. Samuel said. When thou was. When th- wait wait
0: wait 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 wait. Samuel said. When thou. Was What's that word? Wust. Wast. That's past tense. That's past tense. You're not anymore. There was a time, Saul, when you were little in your eyes. And when you were little, God was big. But we've got a problem now, Saul. Because you're not little in your eyes anymore. You're big now. And because you're big, God's little. You don't feel like you've got to do what God tells you to do. You feel like you're big enough to pick and choose, decide how much you want to obey and how much you don't want to obey. Well, I like this so I'll do it, but I don't like that so I won't do it. He said, you were, you used to be little in your own sight. And that was when God chose you to be king. And that's when God exalted you when you saw yourself as small. But all that's changed. And I want to tell you when Saul's perception changed, when his perspective changed, God decided to change his position too. Read for us verse twenty-six.
1: And Samuel said, unto Samuel Saul, said to
0: Saul, "I will not return. I with will thee, not return with thee, for thou hast rejected the word of Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord, rejected and the thee, Lord has rejected you from being king, from over, being Israel. king over Israel." This is what happens, Saul. When you start getting big in your eyes and you start diminishing the importance of God, you just get ready. You get ready for a fall. You're not going to be able to continue on as long as you think you're big enough to do things on your own. Listen, this is a principle of God in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18 that pride goeth before destruction
1: and a haughty spirit and a haughty spirit
0: you just get ready honey you just get ready the bigger you get you can get ready for it god's gonna bring a fall god knows how to make you little again i feel what i'm preaching tonight I feel what I'm preaching tonight. New Life Pentecostal Church, God is calling us. Visitor friend tonight, God is speaking to you. Every one of us are going to have to learn how to abase ourselves in God's kingdom. The only way up is to go down. The only way that we're ever going to be magnified is if we will allow ourselves to humble ourselves and magnify him. This is the way God works. This is the way God does things. Amen. James chapter four and verse
1: six. But He giveth, he giveth, more, giveth grace. more grace. Wherefore He saith, "God, God, the God
0: resisteth, resisteth
1: the proud." The proud. That's the your
0: album. problem, Saul. That's your problem. You're proud. You're a king. You don't answer to anybody anymore, but you should. You should. Saul had gotten so big, he felt like he could fill the job of the priest and offered sacrifices. He had gotten so big, he didn't think he had to obey everything that God said. That's how big he'd gotten. But the bigger he got, the smaller God's influence was in his life. And God resists the proud. He resists the proud. And he gives grace to the humble. 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 5.
1: Likewise, ye younger. Likewise, ye younger. Submit, submit yourselves. Submit yourselves.
0: Submit yourselves unto the elder.
1: Yea, all, yea? Of, you, all of you be subject all one wait, to a minute, another. wait a minute, wait a minute.
0: All of you, be subject one to another. Do you want to know who has problem being subject? It's somebody that sees themselves as bigger than the person they're supposed to subject themselves to. You know, have you ever thought about this? Jesus went to John the Baptist to be baptized. And John said, I am not worthy. And you know he was right. You know he was right. I mean, think about it. Baptizing God in flesh. Who's worthy to do that? Nobody. But do you know what Jesus did? Jesus found someone That was less than what he was. And he said, no, in order for me to fulfill all righteousness, I've got to learn to submit to someone else. Even though in reality, they don't hold as high a position as I do. John was just the forerunner, but Jesus was the Messiah. But Jesus submitted himself to one lower than he was. Who baptized Paul? Who converted Paul? Paul was arguably the greatest apostle in the New Testament. And who was Ananias? And what did Ananias ever do? We don't have the epistle of Ananias. We don't have any of Ananias' writings. I don't find where Ananias ever even won anybody else to God. Ananias, from all I can tell, never sat at the feet of Gamaliel. Ananias wasn't being groomed to be on the great Sanhedrin. But Paul had to submit himself to one that was lower in order for God to make something great out of him. I'm going to tell you, the the longer we push our weight around and the more we demand our rights and the more we expect To submit to us, the bigger we become in our eyes, but the smaller God is in our lives. But when we can get to the place that we can obey this verse, all of you, all of you, be subject one to another. subject one to another you know brother Jared 21 years old right 22 I'm sorry you look about 17 no I'm just having fun he's 22 years old he grew up in this church He was, he was three years old when I got here. I've watched him grow up. I held him on my lap. I never changed any diapers. And now, and now Jared is the youth leader. And you know, some young people say, well, who's he? Some young people say, well, I'm older than he is. Well, I watched him grow up. Who's he to tell me anything? But you know, it's interesting that Peter said, all of you be subject one to another. You know, there's times we have to subject ourselves to our peers. There's times we got to subject ourselves to those that are not even our equals. You know, when I think about it, 22 years old, 22 years old. You know, I started pastoring when I was 22. And I had people in that church old enough to be my grandmother. In fact, we had several. There were several ladies in that church that were old enough to be my grandmother. And I was 22 years old. But it didn't matter to them that they were old enough to be my grandmother.
2: It didn't matter.
0: They were willing to subject themselves. Submit themselves. I'm, I'm just telling you, church, what I've been feeling for weeks. If we really want, in fact, this is not in my notes, but go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 7 and verse 14. We know this verse, but A beginning point. We know the end result. We know the revival that's promised, but there is a beginning point that we cannot overlook. Read,
1: if my people, if my people, which are called by my which name, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves,
0: shall, shall, if my people, if my people just humble themselves. God resists the proud. He resists the proud. But he gives more grace unto the humble. I'm inviting you tonight to magnify the Lord with me.
2: I'm nothing
0: Why me? Why am I a part of it? God, there are men that are so much more capable than I am. This perspective of myself I don't ever want to get to the place that I feel so confident I, I, I'm, please hear me as I just open my heart I, I'm, I'm troubled I'm troubled I'm watching even young preachers get around elders and they've got to express their opinion they've got to tell what they think about it and they've got to put their two cents in and, and I'm saying no, no, no please stop, stop Listen to the voice of experience. Listen to your elders. You're getting too big in your own eyes. You're getting too big. I've watched men. Men with great potential. Brilliant minds. Men that could quote for word from some of the most profound writings in history but I look at them today and they're so far from God and far from the truth and I think what happened what happened but I know the answer tonight they got big in their own eyes A proud woman. You hear me? You really want to be used of God? He must increase. He must increase. But I've got to decrease. In fact, until I decrease, not going to increase. Let's stand tonight. Is there anybody under the sound of my voice that feels stirred in your spirit? God, I want you to keep me humble. God, please keep me humble. God, don't ever let me get lifted up in pride. David was a king. He could have had the prophet put to death. But he submitted himself and he found a place of repentance. I don't want to be lifted up. I'm not asking that anybody knows my name. But I want the world to know your name. I want the world to know who you are. Would you magnify the Lord with me, church? Would you magnify the Lord with me? Get my own... the right God can't use me anymore. I tell you, there's something about pride. God resists it. God, God finds it repulsive because there's nothing. those that like to go around saying I'm a self-made man. I'm going to tell you I'm not a self-made man. I, I didn't make myself. If I ever amount to anything in the kingdom of God, it'll be because God had mercy on me. It'll be because he looked beyond my fault. Exactly what God said to Saul. I've picked somebody better than you. You want to know why he was better? Because David never reached a place that he saw himself as too big. You remember? You see, see, this, this pride thing ran deep in Saul, and in fact, he passed it on to his kids. wife, the daughter of Saul berated him because he was acting as one of the common fellows that wasn't very kingly of you David you're acting like a commoner now you're supposed to be a king David may have been the king, but David didn't forget who was the king of kings. I need wisdom that comes from you. And the same. surprised because I just don't hear much about him here in America but everywhere I go in Africa I get asked about him and, and yet I, I'm telling you I, I don't know that I've run into anybody in America that has ever asked me about him and yet they ask me all the time in Africa and they, they ask me about this man and the fact of the matter is when this man first started ministry, he preached exactly what we preach. He preached repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, the infilling of the Holy Ghost. But by the time he died, something had changed. And and his followers, even to this day, when they go to church, all they do is play recordings of this man. Oh, they, they won't listen to anybody else nobody else can preach to them it was just this man they only listened to what he said and then they had reached a place that even when he died they sat around waiting for him to be resurrected they really believed he was going to raise himself from the dead just like Jesus did I'm talking about a man that started out preaching the truth that saw many, many miracles in his early days of ministry. Real, genuine, powerful miracles. And Someone asked me, he said, what about that man? How do you rectify what he was when he started and what he was in the end? And I said, really, it's very simple. He was lifted up in pride. And he forgot that it was God that was performing the miracles. You know, even the apostle Paul, with all the great things that he accomplished, I'm going to tell you why Paul stayed humble. Paul tells us why. He said, Lest I should be exalted above measure, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. He said, I besought God three times to take it away, but God said, no my grace is sufficient for you, Paul. God said, I'm not taken away. And, and Paul admitted it was so that I would never become lifted up. I tell you, as long as Paul battled that issue, he realized I'm not the one performing the miracles. If I was performing the miracles, I'd perform a miracle on myself and fix this problem. But it's not me that's doing this. It's God. telling you church I, and, and I appreciate it I appreciate it when you show me honor I feel so uncomfortable with it but I've, I've actually seen I've, I've actually seen where men have reached a place that the people carry him in on a chair as though he was a king it's God himself help me Lord to stay humble help me to stay small in my own eyes let's praise him one more time let's praise him let's praise him let's praise him